sin. So I was going to say the devil, right? No, that's the cop out. Sin. The tool God has given us to dismantle sin, to break it apart, is repentance. And this is what we're going to focus on tonight. We're going to play a brief video as an intro to this intro. About turn, quick march. It means that the soldiers are being told to turn their backs on the direction in which they were going and to start marching in the opposite direction from the way they were going before. And that's what repentance is. You see, human beings by instinct, and this is uh, our fallenness finding expression, by instinct, we walk at a distance from God. And God says, turn round, face me, and walk towards me. The basic problem with fallen human nature is that we all want to be independent of God. God says, stop it. And the reason why the theme of repentance is neglected, as indeed it is, not only in modern secular society, but in the church, is because it's a costly thing to repent. It does mean reshaping your life in quite a radical way. And people, just because they find it too costly as a prospect, they try to devise a way of being Christian which doesn't involve anything as radical as about turn quick march. And we who preach the gospel and seek to explain Christianity to folk, we, I think, have to take that as a challenge and talk a great deal about, a great deal more about repentance and the necessity of it than most of us do. The end, of course, of walking Godward is that fellowship with God becomes a real and rich reality more and more as one lives the life of repentance. And those of us who, by God's grace, have begun to learn to do it testify, if asked, to the joy of the new life of being closer and closer to the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Until one begins to take repentance seriously, this is going to be a closed book to you. So I beg you, start taking repentance seriously. Will you do that?
we find hope, where we find strength to face the world that we live in. There are many faces here. We can say we can talk face to face. But God is saying tonight, he wants a heart to heart, not a face to face. Tonight we get back to the foundation and in the foundation is where we build. I'd like you at this moment to close your eyes, to open your heart, to allow him to speak to you tonight, deep within the heart, in those places, those hidden places. See, it's in the disposition that God can come near. And he draws near. It is in this foundation that you will receive your blessing and your deliverance. So let's put aside all those conceptions that we have, that we know about repentance. Many of you may know this topic. For others, it's a reminder. And for others, it may be a new revelation or understanding. Be willing. I'm pleading. Be willing for God to speak to you. God can use the same scripture to show you something totally different than someone else. So let's dive in. Repentance. We're going to look at it tonight from a biblical perspective. And according to scripture, there's two types of repentances. Repentance. There's one perspective from the saved individual and the other perspective from the unsaved individual. Those that have faith in Christ and those that don't. Those that believe Jesus Christ died for their sins and those that don't. The word of God speaks of two different kinds of repentance. When the unsaved individual repents because they recognize they are a sinner, they confess Jesus Christ as their personal savior and receive eternal life. But when the saved person repents, it's different. Saved people, it's different. Because we already confessed Jesus Christ as personal Savior. We already possess eternal life as an inheritance. We are a child of the living God already. So there's a difference. Those folks that I'm talking about, the saved, is what we're going to zoom in and focus on tonight. When we as believers, children of God, repent, When we repent because we have sinned against the Lord, two things happen. Number one, our fellowship with God is restored. What does fellowship mean? Our friendship, our companionship, our intimacy with God is rekindled when we repent. The second thing that happens is the joy of being saved returns. 
I want to point out something to you. Joy is a delight. Joy is a great pleasure. Joy is being happy that you're saved. And there's something real interesting about joy. Because it influences our feelings. Let's talk about feelings. Joy affects our emotional state. Can somebody here tell me how important it is for our emotions to be on point for our health and daily living? Anybody? Listen, if I am joyful, do you have any idea how I react to life situations when I'm joyful? When I'm feeling happy and joyful, I'm going to love. I'm going to be affectionate. I'm going to make sacrifice so others can benefit. I'm going to respond to life's challenges full of hope and a conquering spirit because of the optimism within that will transcend whatever I'm going through. So tonight, let's discuss in length the definition of repentance. But not only that, we're not only going to school to define what repentance is. Later on, we're going to look at the results from repentance. But from the saved individual's perspective. So let's clarify what temptation is according to scripture. 2 Corinthians 7 for even though I did grieve you with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter hurt you, though only for a little while. Yet I am glad now, not because you were hurt and made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance and turned you back to God. For you felt a grief for such as this, for God meant it for you to feel. This is in 2 Corinthians 7, verses 8 through 9. Here Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And he's giving an intimate description of how him writing this letter to them made them feel sorry. He says, I regretted writing it to you because it made you feel sorry. But then he says, I really don't regret it now, now that I think about it, because it led to you turning back to God. So at the heart here, what we see Paul writing is that repentance means sorrow, a regret, a remorse. You might ask, what does genuine repentance look like? Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. I apologize. My bad. Repentance takes work. Intentional work. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked live his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. Let the wicked leave his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. 
there's three actions here. Note, an action is a verb. It involves work. It involves movement. It involves physical effort. Sometimes we think that by thinking things away, they'll get better all on their own. No, wrong, stop that. We must play our role. We have to do our part. We have to participate in this great salvation we have inherited. Here are the three things according to that verse that we need to do as believers when we repent. And for those of you that have come to church with the Bible, you can read with me. We were at Isaiah 55, verse 7. The three things that God commands us to do is to forsake our sin, to give up our thoughts, and to return to the Lord. Let's break it down real quick. Forsake our sin. What does that mean, forsake? It means to leave it. Turn away from it. And give your back to it. And bounce. It says to give. The second thing is to give up our evil thinking. Have you ever been stuck sometimes thinking and it's not getting any better sometimes? This is where the word of God tells us, give them up. Because those wrong thinking patterns just lead to evil, lead to evil devices. The third thing in this scripture that God tells us to do is to return to him. Come back to him. One way is through prayer. Reestablishing your relationship to him. Then guess what happens? Joy comes. The joy of being saved comes back. And we're going to get into this more later. Proverbs 28, 13 shows what the Lord promises to those who repent by confessing and forsaking their sin. But first, let's expound what confess and forsake really mean. Confess means to admit, to disclose, to declare. Make yourself vulnerable. Admit, acknowledge you have sinned. To disclose is to make known you have sinned. That's the hard part, right? Amen. That's the hard part, but that's what the Lord wants. God first. Make known you have sinned to God first. And then to the person you have sinned against. Amen. Declare. Be clear and serious when you divulge your wrong to the Lord. God takes this seriously. It's about your salvation. It's about the walk you have. Forsake means to abandon to desert, to reject, abandon, cease to support your sin. Stop feeding it. Amen. Stop ignoring it. Amen. Confront it. Desert. Become disloyal to your sin. <laughs> um, for those Dominicans out there, you guys know what it says, or Puerto Rican, sacale el pie. I'm speaking in tongues, but I'm a translate. It means to get out fast. Remember the story of Joseph when the lady was trying to seduce him and he booked? Sacale pie means book. Desert your sin. Reject it. Dismiss it. I remember 
not too long ago, we went to play ball, a bunch of us, and basketball. And two captains started picking teams, right? And they were like, oh, I got him. And I was there. And they would look me over. Oh, I got him. And I'm like, oh, dang. Then the cap, I got him. I, until the end, it was like, oh, dang, all right. <laughs> I kept getting dismissed. That's what we need to do to our sin. We need to overlook it, ignore it, dismiss it, reject it like a reject. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes it, Hallelujah. then will have mercy. You hear that? He who covers his sin will not prosper. Are you prospering? Are you prospering? Because we wonder and we ask God, why, Lord? But there's hidden sin. But whoever confesses and forsakes now God promises mercy to you if you confess and forsake your sin what is mercy it's forgiveness in place of a punishment what is mercy is God showing us leniency instead of retribution what is the mercy of God? A pardon instead of damnation. Only those who confess and forsake their sins, God promises this to you. That's why I'm speaking to believers tonight. The saved. If you're an unbeliever here tonight, and you might come to a place where you recognize you're on your way to hell. Repent and enter into this blessing we're speaking of. Because when there's true repentance, look at what God does with this sin. It's interesting. When we repent for real, look at what God does with this sin. Isaiah 43, 25. I, only I... And he who wipes out your transgressions by my own sake. And I will not remember your sin. I, only I, am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sin. Wow. He wipes them out. He erases. He deletes. He obliterates. Poof. Is gone. And he remembers them no more. Hallelujah. 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 He will not bring them up again. He will not hold us to it ever again. Who has their Bible out? Can you read Psalm 103 verse 12 real quick in a loud strong voice? Psalm 103 verse 12. Thank you. 
In other words, they will not be found. The wrong we do, the wrong we have done, God will not find them. He, re he removes them. He don't remember them. He's not like us. He's not like our parents. He's not like Serena. <laughs> that is what God does with our sin. But I want to break your heads for a second. Why? <laughs> Why? Why does God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, our most magnificent supreme being, why does the majestic and all-encompassing deity choose to forgive and wipe our sins away and remember them no more? Why does he do this? Whoever was there in Isaiah 43, 25, this, the answer's right there. It's four little words. For my own sake. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore him. You know, <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. Because of who he is, he does so. Just because. That's what he does. To me, that's amazing. And that's why that song, amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my honor, my joy to honor you. Now, I promised you we're going to look at the results of repenting. We defined what repentance is. Now let's look at what comes after. In other words, what are the consequences when we repent? What's the outcome or the conclusion? What comes out? What is the byproduct or the result? How do things turn out? What are we to expect when we repent? Expect this to be cleansed and filled with joy. We will be cleansed, sanctified, sanitized, discontaminated, purified, as if we were purified with detergent, a special detergent, the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what cleanses us. Psalm 51, 2, wash me thoroughly from my inequities, O Lord, and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me, wash me thoroughly from my inequity, Lord, and cleanse me from my sin. Expect to be cleansed when you repent. How good is it to be seen as righteous by God? Not man, not you, not me, not Pastor Rick, not any deacon, any minister here. How good is it to be seen as righteous by God? Not by people. Not by what this world has to offer. But to be seen as righteous before you. Stay with me for a second here. On how he sees us. 
how he views us, the saved, the elected, the called, the believers, you, if you have trusted in what he's done on the cross, he calls you righteous. And guess what? You are clean. How do we get clean, though? How are we cleansed of our sins, though? Don't forget. We can't forget. Through the washing of his blood sacrifice. That's the detergent. His blood expunges our sin. His blood rubs out our sin. His blood banks, blanks out our sin. It annihilates it. It abolishes our sin. His blood destroys sin and all its strongholds. Pulling them down. Tearing them apart. But I have a warning. It's only to those who confess and forsake their sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now after we repent, something amazing happens. God's gentle touch. It fills us with hope. His loving, affectionate touch, restoring power comes upon us. It's found in these psalms. But before I share what he restores, I want you to go prepare in your heart tonight for an altar call. If you need it, if you need cleansing, if you need to make things right, if you need joy returned, if you are tired, if you had enough, if you just need mercy, if you need it, restore to me the joy of your salvation, says the Lord in Psalms. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Joy, happiness, radiance, gratification. To restore means to bring back, to reinstate, to return to him. The salvation that we need, the deliverance, his deliverance, your rescue, your redemption, your saving, your lifeline, your help. Oh God, have mercy. The Lord says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Again, if my people, his people, you, his people, who are called by his name, Humble yourself, it takes work, and pray, and seek his face with all your heart, and turn from your wicked ways, yes, our selfishness, our vengefulness, our lack of forgiveness, our resentment, and this one that happens to me at times, our nastiness, Hallelujah. our nastiness. If we turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven, and he will forgive our sin, and he will heal our land. Do you want your land healed? 
Do you want your family healed? Do you want your home healed? Your relatives? Do you want your life healed? Those strongholds, those patterns. Come. Don't let these words, this message just tickle your ear tonight. If it's in your heart, respond to God. We were going to have a song tonight. And it got a little changed up. But we can do this without any lyrics. We can have the Holy Spirit tug on your heart. And repent. We can go from remorse to triumph. From weeping to delight. From worthlessness to value. Come. Come to this altar. Stand where you are. Whatever that means to you, come to the Lord. Father, we proclaim your name here tonight. We exalt you because you are mighty God. You are a wonderful counselor. You are the great I am, and nothing is difficult for you. Your hand is not short, and you are able. You're able, Father, to go deep down within our hearts, to deliver us from what ensnares us. So we ask you, Lord, here we are. Have your way. Touch our hearts. Forgive us. Forgive us for our ways, our thinking, our stubbornness, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for we think we know the way. But you are the way. You are the truth. You are the light. And no one comes to the Father unless he comes through you, Lord. So we ask you, Lord, move in our hearts. Heal our land, Lord God. Come into our homes. Come into our lives. Have your way, Lord. Be glorified. No more allow the enemy, Lord. No, allow, no more allow the enemy to come into our homes to destroy our marriages, to destroy our children. Confess your sins to the Lord. Lord, we confess to you, Lord. We come before you, We Lord. bring our doubts to you, God. We bring to you Mercy. our addictions. Yes, Jesus. We bring to you our stealing our lying, our deceit, our trickery, our manipulations. We bring to you our false motives. We bring to you that unforgiving spirit that we have against certain people. Come, come talk to your God, our God, our Father.
you, Lord. In you, we find power. In you, we find strength. In you, we are made whole. In you, we are complete. In you, we have a sound mind. In you, Lord. It's all in you, Lord. None of us, Lord. None of us, Lord. Just all of you. Have your way. Precious love. 
Father God, we thank you tonight for the gift of repentance. Lord, we recognize that repentance truly is a gift from you, Father. And God, we remember that repentance is a necessary and ongoing process in our walk with you, Lord. God, we thank you for your constant mercy. We thank you that your word says that you blot out our transgressions, that you remember them no more, Father God, and that you have mercy on us when we confess and repent. Lord, whether it be unforgiveness or wrong attitudes, wrong mindsets, whether it's unbelief, Lord, or even apathy, Lord, whatever it might be, I pray that you bring to our remembrance daily your word that calls us to repentance, Lord, that it would be a daily ongoing process for each of us. God, it's not just a one-time thing because we fail many times each day, Lord. But your mercies are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that as we remember the events of today, 18 years ago, and we say that we will never forget, but Lord, I pray that we will never forget what followed that day. And that is the heart of repentance that came on this nation. As churches were filled and people sought you and recognized their need for you, Lord, Let us not forget that, that we need you, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy in our lives. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name.